Hello, I'm Dr. Brian Cole, your host for Sports Medicine Weekly. This episode is on caffeine and caffeine supplements. I guess you can say that we'll spill the beans on caffeine this time. And first, however, we'll have a message from our sponsors who actually make this show happen. All of our net proceeds go to support sports medicine research at Rush University Medical Center. The Sports Medicine Weekly Podcast is brought to you by Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Being your best means always getting better. Whether you're looking to improve performance, relieve chronic back pain, or restore mobility through minimally invasive joint replacement surgery, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush delivers results. Their specialists are top ranked in Illinois and among the nation's best, working together to make your recovery faster, more complete, and a seamless experience. They'll get you back to living pain-free, often without surgery, so you can be your best every day. Schedule an appointment online at rushortho.com. Enhanced Medical Nutrition. Enhanced Medical Nutrition builds clinical nutrition products to help patients prepare better and recover faster. The Ortho Nutrition Bundle is a four-week perioperative nutrition program containing their clinical-grade whey protein isolate and complex carbohydrate powder. Developed in collaboration with internationally renowned nutrition researchers and surgeons, the Ortho Nutrition Bundle is designed to maintain muscle, support wound healing, and improve the recovery experience. To learn more, please visit www.emn.health. Karen Malkin Health Counseling. Have you tried Karen Malkin's new protein brownie bar and superfood bars? They're the best tasting bars on the market. Certified gluten-free, paleo, and no added sugar. Karen's protein brownie bars and superfood bars available on Amazon and at karenmalkin.com. Vericell. Vericell develops, manufactures, and markets autologous cell-based therapies for patients with serious diseases and conditions. For more information about their products, visit www.vcell.com. That's V-C-E-L.com. So welcome back to another episode of Sports Medicine Weekly. With so many people dependent on caffeine, today we're going to take an in-depth look at caffeine pills and supplements. It's fascinating that caffeine is really the most popular psychoactive substance in the world. 89% of people in the United States consume at least one drink containing caffeine daily. People really depend on caffeine or caffeine supplements for a temporary energy boost to stay alert, to enhance focus, and even to improve their mood. Now, over the years, and perhaps in part to Starbucks, we can thank them that caffeine consumption has evolved from a morning cup or two of coffee to stronger coffees and lattes, espresso drinks, and now, of course, energy drinks and caffeine pills. The popularity of brands like Red Bull, Monster, 5-Hour Energy has skyrocketed. The global energy drink market has reached nearly $100 million in 2022. Additionally, caffeine pills are growing in popularity and are a popular method for boosting short-term energy and focus, often taken during work or study. So let's start with a quick review of what caffeine really is. It's a stimulant that can be taken in a liquid, a solid, or a pill form. So as a stimulant, the drug increases activity in the central nervous system. Now, natural caffeine is found in more than 60 species of plants, but is primarily removed or extracted from the seeds of coffee beans, cacao beans, and cola nuts, and the leaves and buds of tea. Coffee and tea are natural sources of caffeine, and caffeine is also added to a number of products, including soda, energy drinks, and energy bars. Caffeine essentially works by blocking an inhibitory neurotransmitter, a a chemical in the brain called adenosine, which then increases the release of neurotransmitters like dopamine and norepinephrine. 
This is what really makes you feel more energized and awake and may affect your mood. According to the FDA, most people can consume 400 milligrams of caffeine a day without negative side effects. That equals about four or five cups of coffee. Now, caffeine pills can also contain natural or synthetic forms of caffeine. The amount of caffeine in the pills varies depending on the brand. Typically, caffeine pills will contain between 100 to 200 milligrams per tablet. So by comparison, caffeine pills contain higher levels of caffeine than most cups of coffee, but less than most energy drinks. Now, if you look at the FDA, the averages are an 8-ounce cup of tea contains about 30 to 50 milligrams of caffeine. An 8-ounce cup of coffee contains about 80 to 100 milligrams, so about twice that of tea. And by comparison, an 8-ounce energy drink contains between 40 and 250 milligrams of caffeine. So when we contemplate the benefits, what the science says about caffeine, there are lots of research articles that have looked at the effects, both positive and negative. We know that caffeine can actually improve focus, concentration, and energy. But does science really back this up? And what are the real benefits and risks of, cafe of caffeine pills and supplements? Now, most of the research on caffeine examines the effects of caffeine present in coffee versus supplements. So sometimes it's actually difficult to separate the benefits of caffeine from the benefits of other substances in coffee, such as antioxidants. Here are a few of the evidence-backed benefits. So one thing we know with caffeine is that it can increase focus and memory. It's a popular way to improve alertness and concentration when studying or working. And research actually supports its effectiveness for improving focus. There's one study that appeared in Nature Neuroscience that looked at the effects of pills containing 200 milligrams of caffeine on memory in 160 adults. The researchers tested the effect of caffeine on memory using a behavioral discrimination task. The results showed that those who took caffeine pills during a learning task did better on memory tests 24 hours later compared to those who took a placebo. There are also studies that show that caffeine stimulates the nervous system, boosts the metabolic rate, and increases fat burning, so it's used as a dietary supplement. So as I've, as I've discussed, caffeine stimulates the nervous system. It sends direct signals to the fat cells, telling them to break down fat. It does this by increasing blood flow levels by the, of the hormone epinephrine. Now, epinephrine is also known as adrenaline. It travels through your blood to the fat tissues. It signals them to break down fat and release them into your blood. It's important to understand that releasing fatty acids into your blood does not help you lose fat unless you are burning more calories than you consume through diet. So it's calorie in versus calorie out. This is known as negative energy balance. Studies have also shown that caffeine can increase the resting metabolic rate by 3 to 11%. So, of course, larger doses may have a greater effect. Unfortunately, the effect is less pronounced in those who are obese. One study actually showed that caffeine increased fat burning by as much as 29% in lean people, but the increase was only about 10% in obese individuals. This effect also appears to decrease with age and is greater in younger individuals. Now, even though caffeine can boost your metabolism in the short term, the effect is diminished in long-term coffee drinkers due to tolerance. So if you're primarily interested in coffee for the sake of fat loss, it may be best to cycle your coffee drinking habits to prevent a buildup of tolerance. For example, two weeks on, two weeks off is the best. One of the areas that I've been exposed to is the ability for caffeine to improve athletic performance. Studies have shown that caffeine may improve athletic performance if taken in the correct amount over the correct period of time. Now, there was one study in the British Journal of Sports Medicine that found by taking caffeine, you can improve exercise performance by affecting muscle strength and endurance. 
The actual benefits included improved coordination, focus, and concentration, reduced pain and fatigue, and improved endurance in high-intensity exercises. It's important to note that the NCAA has banned the use of caffeine before competitions. Taking approximately 500 milligrams or six to eight uh, cups of brewed coffee between two and three hours before a competition is enough to result in a positive urine drug test. There's another interesting effect of caffeine, which is to provide relief for those who suffer from headaches and migraines. There are studies that show that caffeine may alleviate both migraines and tension headaches, possibly because it reduces a person's perception of pain. Now, the FDA has actually approved caffeine for use with pain relievers to treat migraine headaches. Some migraine medications contain caffeine, such as Excedrin and Midol. Now, there's a fine balance between caffeine and migraines and what that mixture actually is to improve the symptoms related to headaches and migraines. The American Migraine Foundation stated that sufferers should limit caffeine intake to a maximum of two days per week for treating headaches. It actually appears that consuming caffeine three or more times weekly can increase migraine frequency. So again, it's kind of a balance, and the, and the science actually supports that. So one question that most of you are thinking about is, are there risks? What are the risks of caffeine pills in these supplements? Are they actually safe? So while, as I've told you, science supports the obvious benefits, but what are the risks? For most healthy individuals, caffeine supplements are safe when used appropriately, in moderation, and when intake of other caffeine sources are limited. 400 milligrams of caffeine a day is considered safe for most people. Of course, some people are more sensitive to the effects of caffeine and can experience adverse reactions. So, for example, people with acid reflux, high blood pressure, heart conditions can actually suffer adverse consequences. Individuals who suffer from regular migraine headaches, as I say, taking caffeine in excess may have a negative impact. There are those who are actually quite sensitive or hypersensitive to the effects of caffeine. Also, women who are pregnant, breastfeeding, or trying to conceive should consult their physicians. It can also have negative effects on children and adolescents. So there's some data that shows that excessive consumption can cause the following negative attributes. Insomnia, diarrhea, a sense of the jitters, jitterness or dizziness or the jitters and anxiousness, a fast heart rate or high blood pressure, nausea, heartburn, or dysphoria. So what about caffeine pills? This is a very efficient way to access and consume caffeine. They actually allow a person to take the preferred caffeine dose very easily. But it's important to monitor the dosage instructions and monitor for any adverse reactions. Really, you need to adjust the dose or switch to a weaker pill if you experience hypersensitivity. Never take more than a recommended dose on the bottles. Beware of interactions between caffeine and other drugs. Caffeine can sometimes affect the absorption or effectiveness of serotonin reuptake inhibitors in iron supplements, so make sure you consult your physician if you're taking any of these medications. So if you take prescription medications, including stimulants, antibiotics, asthma medications, heart medications, you really should consult your physician before taking caffeine pills. So one of the most common questions I get asked is, what's the difference and how do you think about caffeine pills versus a cup of coffee? So some people prefer to take their caffeine in a pill form, while others obviously prefer to consume it in in coffee or tea. Here are just a few factors to consider when choosing between caffeine pills and coffee. One of them is taste. For those of you who do not enjoy the taste of coffee, caffeine pills offer a great alternative, and they offer the same benefits. Convenience. Caffeine pills are much more convenient, as you can imagine, uh, compared to those who want to consume a cup of coffee. 
For example, those who don't have access to the bathroom for long periods, including bus drivers and security personnel. Caffeine can actually be a diuretic in any form and increase urine output. However, coffee may cause a much more significant increase in urine output, so maybe a caffeine pill is a better alternative. Efficiency. Caffeine pills are obviously easy to take and they actually consume caffeine much faster. While it may be more beneficial for some, it also increases the risk of caffeine overdose, which can cause anxiety, rapid heart rate, and other symptoms. Acidity. This is a big one. Coffee is acidic and can cause heartburn and exacerbate the symptoms of GERD or uh, those with elevated acid syndromes. Those who have reflux actually may have intolerance to excessive levels of caffeine, especially when it comes in coffee. So caffeine pills may be a better option for those who are prone to reflux, but caffeine can still cause heartburn in some people even when taken in a pill form. Now, there are some other considerations. In addition to caffeine, coffee contains high levels of antioxidants that may be responsible for some additional health benefits. People taking caffeine pills instead of coffee drinking will miss out on this antioxidant boost. Conversely, coffee actually, actually contains coffee oils such as kefestol and kawiol. Those oils may increase cholesterol levels in people who drink lots and lots of coffee. So caffeine pills are free from the coffee oils, so they may not have those same adverse consequences. Now, what about caffeine pills versus powders? Caffeine pills are not the same as pure caffeine powder. Pure caffeine powder is potentially dangerous and can cause toxic effects, including seizures upon, upon consumption of even 0.15 tablespoons. That's about 1,200 milligrams of caffeine. Highly concentrated caffeine products present a significant public risk to our health and have contributed to at least two deaths in the United States in the last few years. The FDA actually monitors companies to ensure that they are not manufacturing products that contain high levels of pure or concentrated caffeine. These products are often labeled and marked as dietary supplements, so I think you just need to be careful. I personally would stay away from caffeine powder, and I would go towards uh, uh, energy drinks, cups of coffee or tea, or caffeine pills on a limited basis. So the fact that nearly 90% of people around the world consume caffeine each day provides enough anecdotal evidence that in general, it does offer benefit, not to, not to mention the scientific evidence, but it's also considered safe. However, as with any drug or supplement, moderation is key, and it's also critical to, critical to talk to your physician about the benefits and risks, especially if you have certain medical conditions. So this is your episode of Sports Medicine Weekly on Spilling the Beans with Caffeine. Please tune in to other episodes of Sports Medicine Weekly at sportsmedicineweekly.com. Thank you for listening. I'm Brian Cole, your host of Sports Medicine Weekly. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a five-star review. Make sure to also follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com. Net proceeds from Sports Medicine Weekly go to support research at Rush University Medical Center in the Department of Orthopedics. The Sports Medicine Weekly podcast is brought to you by Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Being your best means always getting better. Whether you're looking to improve performance, relieve chronic back pain, or restore mobility through minimally invasive joint replacement surgery, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush delivers results. Their specialists are top ranked in Illinois and among the nation's best, working together to make your recovery faster, more complete, and a seamless experience. They'll get you back to living pain-free, often without surgery, so you can be your best every day. Schedule an appointment online at rushortho.com. JRF Ortho. 
JRF Ortho partners with orthopedic surgeons to improve the quality of life of patients by enabling them to have an active life through the generous gift of cartilage and ligament transplantation. Please go to jrfortho.org to learn more or sign up to be a tissue donor at donatelife.net. With over 205 years of combined experience successfully representing victims of personal injury and wrongful death matters, the attorneys of Tomasic, Coton, Kasserman are committed to working for you. Reach them at 312-605-8800 or on the web at tkklaw.com. Karen Malkin Health Counseling. Have you tried Karen Malkin's new protein brownie bar and superfood bars? They're the best tasting bars on the market. Certified gluten-free, paleo, and no added sugar. Karen's protein brownie bars and superfood bars available on Amazon and at karenmalkin.com.